0: Maybe it would help if I got the questions up as well.
1: (laughs) Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season four of the Another Startup Story podcast with Carmen. The aim of this podcast is to educate and inspire you through your entrepreneurial journey as a new or well-seasoned entrepreneur. I'm really excited today that you've joined us um, as we'll be talking to inspiring individuals that share their insight and tips to improve aspects in your business and your personal life. So on today's episode, I will be talking to Oliver Walsley, who is one of the co-founders of Sequential Skin. Um, And so Sequential Skin is basically the world's first skincare testing kit that really gives you a holistic reading on both your genetics, so your nature, and your environment, which is your microbiome biome correct (laughs) and in 2018 sequential skin won the l'oreal research and innovation startup challenge which has pushed their way to the front amongst 160 other startups with a strong academic background in biological science i'm keen to find out where his entrepreneurial journey began and we'll also be covering some tips on how to get good skin so welcome to the podcast oliver how's it going
0: Thank you, Nick. Good to be here. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, thank you for joining. You've just come from the lab, right?
0: Just straight from the lab, yeah, processing samples. Um, so yeah, it's cool. It's nice to be in this kind of trendy area of uh, Singapore.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're currently recording the podcast in Crane um, co-working space right now. So just for the benefit of our listeners, do you want to just introduce yourself and tell us where you're from and what brings you to Singapore and how long you've been here?
0: Yeah, so I, I was born in London um, and... Sort of studied in the UK, got a chance to go up to Edinburgh University to study. Um, and at the time, it was um, I was more interested in sort of basic research, so going to understand the mechanism of biology and how it works. Um, I, I got a chance then to go to Holland, so Leiden University, and oh. I spent six months there. And then um, I joined a lab at, at Cambridge University. And he then moved to Singapore, so I decided to, to go with him and do a PhD with him. Wait, uh, who, who is he? So, yeah, so he's, a, um, he's an epigeneticist. Um, Which is? So, so Roger Fu, uh, so he's an okay. epigeneticist. Um, and at the time, he was the first lab in the world to map out the, the uh, human heart epigenome. Okay, so the epigenome wow. is a collection of modifications to the DNA, specifically in the heart. Mm. Um, and so that was a, an interesting one of one of the top labs to be in Mm -hmm. so I wanted to go with him and and work with him in the lab so that's what I did.
1: Wow so that was back in 2000 and
0: so yeah I worked I worked with him summer 2013 and then uh had a PhD sort of opportunity starting in January 2014.
1: Yeah wow so you came to Singapore you're working in this lab what kind of brought you into the world of you know how did you become to specialize in skincare and then to eventually start um sequential skin?
0: Yeah, so skincare wasn't necessarily the the obvious choice, yeah. um, but I was always interested in in genetics, epigenetics, and what we know now is the is the microbiome. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, a collection of microorganisms on on the skin or in the gut, um, and these uh, all of these things play a huge part in your health. Uh, we know that so many diseases are caused by things going mm-hmm. wrong in these three three kind of components. So um, it was really a case of coming to Singapore, seeing the innovation landscape and working in that science. And I wanted to apply that science to an application. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, skincare being such a big thing in Asia, that was kind of a fun a fun application um, and something that hopefully the consumer or in the long term, the patient uh, in the dermatology clinic can see an immediate result from if they understand what's going wrong.
1: Mm. And so, you know, to my knowledge, sequential skin is the first, you know, at-home kind of skincare DNA test kit, right? So, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have done the kind of um, DNA test kits for their gut or for, um, you know, when you test for your hereditary and your ethnicity. But I don't think there's many for testing skin. So tell us a bit more about how it actually works. And I mean, I've actually done it and it's quite it's quite easy to use. I thought it'd be a lot more elaborate, um, elaborative, but um, it's super simple. But yeah, maybe if you just want to tell our audience a bit more about how it works and what a, a client would expect to get from their report.
0: Yeah, so the one, the one thing that we noticed when we started exploring the area of skincare, it's something that there's not a really good scientific solution at this stage to understand your skin there's there's things like imaging um but we went to the extent to go to these clinics and go to these retail outlets and take images of our skin and come back Mm -hmm. a few minutes later or ask them to redo it and the report's different Um, So even the more sophisticated algorithms are going to get it wrong um, depending on the lighting, the angle, all these things. Um, You can use questionnaires to personalize and understand people's skin, but it's user biased and a lot of the time the user doesn't necessarily know these invisible changes. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we looked for a solution that was, uh, as you say, similar to a DNA genetic kind of company, we didn't find anything that incorporated both your, your DNA, so your nature and mm-hmm. your nurture, which is the environment. Yeah. And we can measure the skin microbiome for the how the environment is affecting your skin. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, d- to look at, you know, if I get my, I'm going to get my report up because it's a super detailed report and it breaks it down. Do you want to just dig, I kind of want to dig a bit deeper into the environmental factors of the skin so um, you have, from what I remember, it's obviously SPF, um, hydration. Um, maybe you can kind of share a bit more about the, the five components. and.
0: Yeah, so we, we try to make it as, as simple as possible whilst also containing the useful information that you need for your, um, for your skin. So we look at five main categories, um, and, and that is sort of hydration, um, oxidative stress, um, sun protection, and... Um, uh, what else are we? What else are we looking at? Um, firmness. That was it. F- firmness so elasticity is, is another category we look at as well. So, we, what we do is we we know that genes are involved in those those categories, um, and then what we do is we um, we look at whether you have mutations in those genes that are involved in those categories. Mm. So, for example, in firmness, it's involved in elasticity, and you have genes such as collagen and elastin that are important in how firm or how elastic your, mm-hmm. your skin is and if you we know that if you've got these mutations there's years of um published work to say that you um will there's a chance that you will develop um sort of less firm skin in the future mm-hmm. so that's more of a preventative thing and then on top of that we add on the skin microbiome diversity which diversity is a measure of how many different bacteria is on your skin and we know that um with all the all the published work now on the skin microbiome, the more diverse the bacteria is in your skin, uh, generally the healthier your skin is, mm-hmm. and you're looking after your skin better. You're using products that are uh, friendly and healthy for that. Um, and you're not wiping it all off which is yeah
1: because i think you know we were talking before um, about how a lot of people actually have a really thorough skincare routine and they're really diligent and disciplined with their skincare but they end up getting really weird breakouts and that's because the product they're using is too harsh right so it's breaking the barrier of the skin um, and causing these breakouts which is quite interesting
0: yeah there's so many there's so many years of, of work now on the skin microbiome and how important it is so you know, in the past, these big companies would be using alcohol and preservatives mm, yeah. in, their, in their products for really extending shelf life as preservatives. Um, but as, as we know now, these uh, these ingredients were really stripping the skin microbiome and removing what is the front line of, of defense against the environment. So
1: Yeah, I guess like when... So in my report, I get a lot of in, ingredient recommendations, which I find really interesting because i mean obviously look at the back of any product and don't understand any of the ingredients and it's it's really difficult for someone who doesn't you know um, really have a scientific background to understand what any of these ingredients mean and what's good for you so that's been really helpful um i guess you know the kind of the key ingredients that i see keep coming up is like you know obviously ones to avoid i mean is obviously alcohol um you know uh, benzol peroxide and what? Why? Why is alcohol so bad for your skin? As in, what's the scientific uh, reasoning behind it?
0: Yeah, so we we use alcohol in the lab to to sterilise things. Um, mm. So if you if you're in a lab, you want it as clean as possible. You don't want any contamination from um, whether it's bacterial, human cells. So you you decontaminate the, the mm-hmm. workspace with with alcohol, um, and essentially causes the the cells to lyse. And so, a percentage of above, let's say 70%, would kill the, the bacteria. Right. Um, so, if you're using that on your skin, you can imagine that the same yeah, thing is happening. Yeah. So, you're not only drying your skin out because it displaces moisture and, mm-hmm. and water, but you're also killing the bacteria on your skin.
1: Right, I see. So, you're killing the, you know, the back yeah the microbiome basically yeah. the ecosystem yeah. interesting and what kind of other ingredients would you generally like what kind of ingredients can you advise to our listeners to look out for from a more generic perspective i guess Yeah. so,
0: so that's that's really where um that's really where our skincare director petrony comes in um, she's joined us. Uh, she joined us uh, last year, mm-hmm. and and she's a pharmacist by training. So she comes in with the ingredient sort of expertise. Right. Um, and so yeah, there are, there are definitely good ingredients you can you can look for um, in in your reports. And and one of those is more targeting sort of the skin microbiomes so using. Um, things like prebiotics and Mm -hmm. and probiotics in your in your skincare so if you can look for that then that's advised if you've got sort of a less diverse skin microbiome Um, but we're understanding more about how these ingredients are negatively influencing your skin sort of as we're building this database as well
1: exactly it's so interesting because just i think there's so many factors like not only hereditary but obviously externally where you live like the food you eat the climate um the people you're around i guess you know um, in terms of why why do you think it's taken so long for this skin DNA um, test to come out, you know, because they think a lot of like I know a lot of my friends have just been doing trial and error for so long. They've just you know, they take recommendations of beauty products from their friends or family or what their mum used to use. and so why do you think it's taken so long for this to for this product to come out?
0: Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think it's a it's a good time to to be doing this because people are more aware of. Um, I think it's a cultural thing, people are more aware that they need to be preventative in, in their lifestyle and healthcare. care. Mm. Um, and the other thing that we noticed was that there, there is a large number of consumers out there that uh, try lots of different products and get frustrated with not finding the right product for them. Um, and it, it could be an endless thing where you're constantly spending money on different products and you're not finding the right one for your skin. Yeah. But actually, if you come in with a more insight into what your skin needs, then you start at a good point and, um, and you don't need to spend lots of money mm-hmm, to exactly. find it. Um, so I think that's, that's probably, it's probably a, that understanding that, you know, preventative health is a big thing now in our generation mm. um, and people are more interested in that. Um, technically, it's become more accessible. Yeah. Um, so if if we were thinking about doing this ten years ago, it'd be completely out of the question, mm. because it's so expensive to to run these tests. Right. Um, so sequencing the human genome was done in the early two thousands, and at the time it was you know a billion US dollars to sequence a one single mm-hmm. human genome. And now you can do it for companies are claiming you can do it for kind of under two hundred US dollars. Interesting. Yeah. And that's sequencing everything. So you, you're not looking at specific markers, mm-hmm. but you're sequencing the entire human genome, which is a lot of a lot of work so it's three billion letters of dna wow. and to make sure that you're you're looking at or you, you're, you've got a lot of confidence in each of those letters you need to sequence it to a certain depth if mm-hmm. that makes sense yep yeah so you cover what are called reads on on the human genome to make sure that what you're saying is true for each each of those letters and and for that reason it's technically been difficult and expensive to do but now we're, we're able to do it for cheaper. Um, so people are able to have access to this data, which is so important.
1: Mm, so I guess there's a, the technological component as well. Um, and earlier on, you mentioned about how you also are developing an app where you know consumers can actually access the, their report directly, and it's quite dynamic. Um, it's quite interesting. I guess I I think you're one of the first kind of startups, specifically in Singapore, anyway, to combine I guess skincare and tech together. And so my question is, how do you think? technology is kind of helping helping your business to propel forward
0: yeah so as, as i say about the sort of the more lab work um technology in sequencing dna's is uh is, is really been been the, the huge improvement in the last 10 20 years um, and sort of looking at moore's law where you see how um, technology has really taken off genome sequencing is, is one of the best examples of where it's mm-hmm. completely kind of um shorten the time to get to where we need to be um and done in in, in a cheap way now yeah. which is significant under, under Moore's law but if we um m- more specifically kind of talking about how we can incorporate this in the lab with sort of as the the app that you mentioned mm-hmm. um so we've developed an app that kind of connects all of this up um from our results from the lab to uh, a report that's really interactive and and accurate, obviously, because we mm-hmm. want to make sure it's, it's uh, reproducing what we're finding in the lab. And so I think that software is is, is really important as well. So we're, we've spent the last year developing this um, this database mm-hmm. where we can correlate profiles with ingredients what to look for, what to avoid and then also products that are found um, or the ingredients that are found in those products that you can then buy in your local area.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's funny because I think more nowadays, especially on like Instagram and social media, there's so many new skincare brands popping up and they look beautiful, like the packaging and the branding's great but it's questionable what ingredients they use, you know. And so I think this um matching I guess for products is really interesting um and I'd love to hear a bit more about what kind of what you look for in terms of products as a, par- a partner when you're partnering with other skincare brands and and how you kind of what's the future for it and how you expect to expand and yeah would love to know that side
0: so at the moment, um, we've developed everything from sort of a brand agnostic point of view. Mm-hmm. So we're not partnering with any skincare company right now. Um, and we, had, we have some opportunities to do that. Um, and obviously having the L'Oreal uh, competition that we took part in sort of gave us exposure to the big brands. Mm. Um, but we, what we want to do is use this technology to increase transparency with the consumer. So you know we're not using this really sophisticated technology and then just saying okay you you need SK two yeah yeah that's the thing so it's it's really having uh, a range of options mm-hmm. that we we know contain ingredients that are related and, and right, accurate right. to your profile um, and so that that database is, um, has taken a long time to put together but we're at a stage now where we we have good correlations between the profiles the ingredients and the products. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and done in a way that we're not partnering um, at this stage with, with companies. One thing we have done in partnerships is we've been sent skincare products to test mm-hmm. and to see whether these products um, have, have, uh, have
1: meet, the te- meet the standards. Exactly, <laughs> yeah,
0: so they're, they're, you can validate them on, on how they influence the skin microbiome. Um, so we've, we've done that for a few com- companies now. Um, because obviously being skin microbiome friendly is, is a category that's becoming important in itself. Um, so yeah, so and we're finding some really interesting things with those companies where we do more sequencing studies. So we mm. look at all the bacteria on the skin. Yeah, We find that um, we're able to, our before and after the product, we're able to see a, a maintenance of the skin microbiome, if not an increase in the diversity of the skin microbiome, which is quite surprising to see.
1: Speaking of skin microbiome, you know i i've got a diversity index of 0.51 can you, can you tell me what what this means and you know i think it's on a scale of one and zero to one obviously and one's one's the best right yeah um what what can you expect you know for people who do end up doing um your skincare testing what's a relatively good what's the average uh, and medium i guess
0: yeah, so we we look at um, we look at a diversity index, uh, which is um, an equation that looks at basically the diversity of, of bacteria that we find on your skin, um, and it's between zero and one. as you say, um, <laughs> and obviously the nearer to one, the the more diverse the bacteria is right, in your skin, okay. um, and it's a good measure to understand uh, the different um, you know, sort of equal levels of, of the good and the bad bacteria. Um, I would say the average we've seen so far is probably between 0.5 and 0.7.
1: Okay. So 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 just below, nearly. You're right in the the middle. You're right in the middle on the lower end. (laughs) Um,
0: But we do in some in some cases find it's much less, so kind of 0.3 or 0.4. Interesting. Which um, and we've tallied this up with when we understand their skin profile, their Mm. skin routine. Okay. um, You know they're using specific things that are actually removing the bacteria or increasing that lack of diversity
1: yeah because the recommendations that you have here for me is obviously to eat clean on the inside as well and have more fermented uh foods that like such as kimchi and kombucha which is interesting and obviously hydration and rest and um uh, last week i interviewed a fitness she's a within the fitness industry and she was talking about the importance of rest and everything and the five facets of wellness i guess so um yeah it's kind of hard i think people kind of want to these products to have some be like a magic potion you know but everything is all you know interconnected so yeah there's there's
0: so much more to it than just the ingredients you can have in your skincare so we try to keep that as as clear as possible as well in in the report so giving advice on you know what you can do to change your diet and and look at different lifestyle changes that you can make because mm-hmm. as you say it's a holistic approach it's not just yeah, you know, exactly. the skincare that you buy but the first thing that the bacteria is going to be affected by is is what you're putting on your skin mm-hmm. um and then and then of course as you say dietary um and and how the environment's influencing your skin as well such as you know if you live in a, a polluted city or you have uh, exposure to uv all mm. the time all that kind sort of thing
1: i'm intrigued to know what your skincare report has <laughs> said <laughs>
0: Well, I've, I've, I think we've all done it so many times. <laughs> Do they keep it. changing? Interestingly, the uh, we'll say it, obviously the genetics doesn't change. Yeah. It's, it's what you're. It's what you have. You hope, you hope it doesn't change. Um, it doesn't change. Okay. Um, I shouldn't confuse the listener. Um, and and then your skin microbiome is the thing that's changing over time. So that's the environmental influence. Um, and and yeah, we've we've done so many experiments now where we've used all the all sorts of different products and cleansers mm. and things that strip the the skin microbiome and we see such a big change when really you, yeah wow. so for like
1: generally how long is the cycle i guess for it to have an effect using the product so
0: if you're if you're using something as simple as a an antimicrobial soap or, or a bar just a bar of soap mm-hmm. um you you see differences within hours of, of removing wow. the, the bacteria on your skin but the first thing, so if you imagine, and it's similar to the gut, if you imagine that if you use antibiotics in your gut, so if you're mm-hmm. prescribed antibiotics because yep, you've yep. got um, food yeah, poisoning, yeah, yeah. um, it removes everything. So it kind of starts as, like a, a complete, as a... complete, yeah. detox
1: is probably not the right word, but yeah, so, clear out.
0: So it uh, kind of cleans the slate. Yeah. Um, but what happens in, in the case of your gut, and we know now as well for your skin, um, using similar kind of antimicrobials or mm-hmm. soaps, um, or surfactants um, or alcohols is, <laughs> is that um, you you start fresh, and you ha- have a clean state, but mm-hmm. the first thing that grows on your skin or in your gut is more opportunistic pathogenic bacteria, which we know uh, could be quite harmful for your skin right. or your gut. Yeah.
1: Interesting.
0: So in, in the case of your gut, and it's more of a sort of health and disease example, but mm-hmm. um, patients that have... Something called C. Diff is a bacteria that's really aggressive mm-hmm. and grows very quickly and colonises the gut. So the the treatment of that is is antibiotics to remove it. Yeah. But again, if you're not if you don't remove 100% of the bacteria, the first thing that regrows and dominates the, yeah. the gut is is the C. Diff bacteria. So you have this kind of vicious circle, circle mm. that just gets worse um and, and similar to your skin if you're constantly using soaps and things that mm. remove your bacteria the good bacteria in your skin it's the same thing
1: yeah but you uh you dodged the question i was asking about your report
0: <laughs> that's true my my report's not one to boast about um so <laughs> what's so your uh, predicted? predictive no, your age <laughs> my age it's quite it's quite revealing so the re- report basically gives you, didn't you warn me about this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The report basically gives you, yeah, your sequential, it's called your sequential skin age, which is, yeah, how old your skin basically says you are. Um, But you don't have to share, it's fine.
0: Yeah, so we calculate the sequential skin age based on everything. So based on genetics and your skin microbiome, but all the Mm -hmm. categories combined, um, to really understand, you know, if you have, let's say, bad, um, not bad, but suboptimal genetics, which Mm -hmm. you can't change then you could have a very healthy skin microbiome and you can improve the score because of that. Um, in, in certain cases, um, in ethnic groups, you have different genetics, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're aware that, um, for example, the Caucasian data set of genetics is slightly different to the Asian data yeah. set. Um, and obviously, then you go into the specific regions of Asia and it's, it's mm-hmm. different between different countries. So we, we take those into consideration as well. Um,
1: Before you continue, I just wanted to ask what the major differences you've seen between Caucasian and Asian skin.
0: Uh, in terms of, in terms of what?
1: In, in terms this? of, I guess you know the the five factors, the five genetic factors.
0: So I think I think the most obvious um, category that's linked to to ethnicity is probably found in in the more kind of sun protection type mm. type group which okay. you can imagine has been uh, evolved over a long, a long <laughs> number of years yeah uh, and the caucasians uh, uh, you, <laughs> definitely needing that
1: SPF. i mean i wear spf 50 to be honest yeah you know i'm just yeah when i was much younger i was always out in the sun no spf but now i'm just like petrified of just yeah because i get so many so so much sun damage but i think yeah for sure definitely for caucasian people you have to don't know if they have any higher
0: <laughs> yeah so typically they're they're sort of at higher risk of, mm. of sun damage um to to sort of long-term sun damage mm-hmm. um which is more kind of um general rather than uh, focal if that makes sense but um as, as you as you know from the uk um people are less less bothered about the yeah, sun yeah totally so, so they go on holiday and just get absolutely at the fried. limited
1: sun that we get <laughs> No, of course. So I guess um, what I so earlier on you mentioned about um, you mentioned that you guys won the L'Oreal Startup Challenge, which is, yeah, congratulations. So tell us a bit more about when that was. Um, and yeah, was it like an incubator-style challenge? Yeah, were you there with? So um, Oliver also has a co-founder um, called Albert. Um, He's not with, here with us today, but was he also part of the challenge when you went through it together?
0: Yeah, he was. So we we had this idea about two years ago to to mm-hmm. use the technology that was available in the Genome Institute of Singapore. So mm. using using genetics and and the ability to use a similar approach to understand your skin microbiome uh, and combine that to have a solution for skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we entered yeah we entered that competition right at the start of of the whole. Um, sort of life cycle of sequential um and yeah it was it was, a, it was a good opportunity to start that ball rolling and it was a public kind of competition so we had to but, move quite quickly after that To what do you
1: mean by a public competition
0: well it was it was a it was the first pitch that we did oh, so we, right, we pitched it to an audience um at oh this, right right, right so yeah. yeah so it was yeah so a, a few rounds at the Uh, which culminated in the switch competition uh, switch conference Mm -hmm. um, which is a big tech conference in Singapore Mm. uh, Marina Bay Sands so L'Oreal Innovation Runway took place there and and so it was kind of quite eye-opening as well because when we won it was like okay this is great but we need to move quickly because we've we've kind of demonstrated what we want to do and it was right at the start right so then sort of a year and a half later of R&D we're we're now where we are
1: yeah! Um, wow, that's kind of crazy. with with
0: some government grants to help us along the way.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And how? What was the experience like throughout the whole challenge? And you know, you, can, you kind of see those shows like on The Apprentice and stuff. Was it? Did you feel like it was anything like that?
0: Yeah, as, as two scientists in in any kind of <laughs> business competition, you just get absolutely <laughs> smashed. Um, so we we had we had so much criticism so we were a bit surprised we won actually but um no what I th- were I the think other startups i'm
1: assuming they were also really similar not science, sort of no they're all, all, they all science
0: based oh, okay yeah so this was this competition was more how can we use technology and innovation to um increase personalization in in beauty and healthcare.
1: okay yeah it's so kind of a gen- quite quite, quite generic, a general topic
0: yeah. Um, so it was it was largely scientists that pitched. Mm. Um and you don't as a scientist uh, in your PhD you don't get training on how to, to do a business. <laughs> the pitch.
1: business acumen, yeah. So
0: um so that was good that was just really good experience but um yeah Albert Albert was very much involved and um and it wasn't an incubator so much as it right. was just a competition. Yeah. So they gave us um a grant which was a government grant actually after
1: Amazing. that. Amazing. Yeah. And what kind of you know when you were going through that competition do you remember what you were doing to try and upscale in the business acumen side of things and try and, you know, help with even writing pitch decks and everything It's probably not what you do on a day-to-day basis.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we had we had help from uh, another advisor of ours, Mike. So mm-hmm. Mike, Mike Matthews has uh, lived in Singapore for I think about 15 years and successfully spun out businesses in, in Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's... He's got a lot of experience in the strategy and business side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having him from an early stage was really important in how we structure that pitch and how we put together a business plan and all the simple things mm-hmm. that as a, as a business student, you, you kind of get taught. But as yeah. a scientist, you don't necessarily have that, that experience. So it was a bit of trial and error, but having him was really important for that.
1: Yeah, interesting. And so what do you think has been the biggest challenge for you throughout this whole journey so far?
0: Um yeah, funny you say that. I think the, the actual way to to translate what you're doing to the consumer has mm-hmm. been something that we've we've um found really challenging, but in a good way. So mm-hmm. understanding sort of from a science point of view, you, you might think it's um it's obvious and it's mm-hmm. these words you're using is, is is clearly you know, yeah um informative, but actually the language is really important to get right. Um, and And the skin microbiome people are I think becoming aware of mm-hmm. um, but it 's something that 's still taking a bit of time for everyone to kind of get on board with how important it is, yeah, um, people realize that gut health is important. Um, which is largely to do with your gut microbiome. Mm-hmm. But um, that translation to the skin microbiome is something that needs a bit of education.
1: Yeah, well. but, but that's really interesting, I guess, because, I mean, I guess as a scientist, you assume it's like second knowledge. So you've been doing it for so many years, that show industry. You kind of assume everyone else understands you know as you're talking about it but sometimes you forget people are just you know completely different fields so it's hard but i was reading a report the other day about how i mean the wellness industry is worth like 4.5 trillion dollars or something ridiculous and um the brands that are really kind of propelling forwards are the ones who are actually joining the consumer on the journey so helping them to helping to educate them on you know the product or whatever Um, service that they're providing and that's like a really good I guess not just a marketing tool but it is you're kind of trying to enhance their life and now with so, so much digital marketing and even podcasts it's just been super educational for the consumer and if anyone wants to you know anyone who wants to learn about skincare there's so much information out there and so I think taking that approach and kind of taking the consumer through the education and being able to help them to really I guess like You know, learn and facilitate, and take ownership of their own skincare in a way is probably the approach that um, would be best for you guys, right?
0: Yeah, no, that's that's completely right. Um, And also engaging people that have access to these consumers that. You know, like yourself. This is, this <laughs> I know this I've is had great. so
1: many questions. People would DM, and be like, "I want. How do I get this?" Yeah, you know, but, it's, but it, you're, you're sold out on the website right now. But it's good that oh. you're.
0: So, but it's good that you're. Um, you're able to. You know, we we can have conversations like this to to explain our technology in, in sort of laypersons and and you can ask the questions that are representative of everyone else. Yeah, is, exactly. Um, which. No one should be afraid of asking in science. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm that keen
1: in the class asking all the questions. No, but I was saying to you earlier on, I think during COVID, I just, you know, everyone was knocked down. I had so much time at home that I ended up getting really into skincare and just trying to really educate myself. Um, because it is confusing. It's really confusing, especially without, you know, anyone who doesn't have a scientific background. Um, and there's so many kind of blogs online which you just don't know which one to believe anymore. So, you know, when in doubt, always trust the scientists, I'd say.
0: <laughs> well, that's w- that's really what we wanted to do from the start. So we see Sequential as more than just a skincare company. It's more of a longer-term healthcare company and really mm. providing that transparency with um, with either skincare or healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and in the case of healthcare, um, you've got dermatology, which is kind of an old... Um, an old branch of medicine mm-hmm. um which if you're getting treated for a specific skin condition um you you might start on a on a treatment and go up the ranks as you as you as, as, as the treatment doesn't work for example mm-hmm. whereas if you come in with a more personalized medicine kind of personalized um approach you can um you can target the exact issues mm-hmm. and understand how best to to treat that problem so yeah so transparency is the big thing and and we've we've noticed in skincare it is a big it's uh it's a big market but it's kind of it's also met with a lot of like a lot of hazy sort of no, totally. claims and people saying what they <laughs> it's want it's like weight loss
1: as well it's just another one of those convoluted markets where people you know not in the industry just get you know taken advantage of by marketing really um, yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah no so I, I love what you guys are doing and I think what was actually interesting is that I think it'd be have you had many um much uh, many guys interested in testing or is it very much female orientated because um, I was speaking to a guy the other day about it and he was just saying how oh, I don't need it kind of thing like but you know even for guys like I know a lot of guys who don't have a skincare routine they just wash their face of water and then you know Sleep at night, no cream, nothing.
0: Yeah, it's so true. No, I think I, I definitely grew up with the, the mindset that, you know, good exfoliation comes from, from climbing mountains or, or getting outside. But um, I think as you're living, you know, if you have to live in a big city that's polluted and obviously you're exposed to toxins that you wouldn't have in mm. the countryside... Um being aware of it is really important. Um and we're seeing more and more men actually being interested in this space. I think more more so in Asia than than in Europe. Um (laughs) at this stage. But it's it's not the consumer who's like, um, it's an additional thing that they want to try. It's the consumer who says, um, I have no idea where to start. So probably your friend might say it's not I don't see the value of it, but um, if you decide to start, then where do you start? Yeah, exactly. It's a, a good starting point to start with yeah, sequential.
1: Yeah, totally. I wish I had heard about what I wish you guys were, you know, you know, around when I was much younger in a way. Um, but I'm in, intrigued to know what if you have a skincare routine and what it is.
0: <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think this, this is... I'm definitely... A, if there's any sort of people listening that, that don't have any experience in skincare... I guess they they feel more confident when they know that I, I don't have a huge amount either. Um, in terms of my own skincare. So okay. I've I um everything I've learned is, is the last couple of years, um, kind of marrying our technology with um our pharmacist who's a skincare sort of expert mm-hmm. and understanding what ingredients and things are best. Um sort of knowing 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 that, I think having um a cleanser, a moisturizer is really important (laughs) the basics the the, the really going to the basics but also um making sure that the ingredient list is is not too extensive Mm -hmm. and you're going for ingredients that are products that contain less ingredients um void of alcohols or surfactants and things that can remove your skin microbiome Mm -hmm. as we discussed um and then and then just drink as much water as you can (laughs) so um (laughs) exactly so i yeah drink water yeah my hydration sunscreen.
1: level is quite low what is it my hydration 1.79 out of four is that really bad
0: so that's that's um it's, not, it's on the lower end it's on lower
1: <laughs> you're end. just trying to put me down politely
0: it's on the, it's on the lower end but um you know this definitely means you can do a lot
1: <laughs> i drink a lot of water though it's weird maybe my body just doesn't absorb the water as much
0: yeah, so that's, was that, that, that's in your kind of genetic category or your total?
1: I actually did a, um, not a skincare test, but a whole, I guess, general health body test. You know, when you stand on the machine and you hold the clickers and then they give you a full report on your weights, body fat, etc. And I did this like a month ago. And my report was saying that I um, I don't absorb... I need to drink, and weigh way dehydrated, but I drink so much water in the day. Mm-hmm. So it, she was saying how maybe my body just doesn't absorb the water very well. Um, so I need to kind of, yeah, have yeah. more fruits or whatever. Yeah, so the, the, the,
0: the actual genetic markers we're looking at in the case of hydration um, are genes called uh, aquaporin genes. So okay. aquaporin is a gene that basically... Um, regulates how much, um, sort of, uh, how hydrated the cells are um, yeah. in in a number of different cell types and, and organs of yours. So, um, in your skin cells, for example, you're more likely to have hydrated skin if you mm-hmm. if you if you've got the sort of optimal genetics in that category. Right, right. Um, and then the other side of it is is um, is a gene called filaggrin, which is a skin barrier gene. Um, and and the more kind of um, that barrier is, the more it can hold in the moisture mm-hmm. and the hydration as well. Yeah. So it's not as leaky. Um, yeah. So definitely internal things as well. It's not just drinking water, full stop. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's sort of what. Like it. it's sort of what you, yeah. What yeah. You have. But there's things that you can do, which is important.
1: Uh, so if I was to ask you to give three practical steps for our listeners on to, to that they can easily implement today to get healthier skin, what would you say?
0: um well <laughs> Yes, yeah, similar to, I mean, it's actually what what my, what my, my last answer was, really, um, in terms of...
1: Drink water. in terms of Drink the, water. In terms of the advice,
0: it would be um, moisturising your skin is really important. So um, straight after using a cleanser or washing your, mm-hmm. your skin, kind of putting moisturiser on straight away. Is um, that where your
1: skin gets really tight, you know, when you wash your face and you, you leave it for a while before you moisturise and the skin feels quite tight?
0: yeah it's just it's just lacking that hydration mm-hmm. um, so, so adding that hydration straight away is important especially in in Asia if you're if you're in an air conditioned uh, yeah. kind of environment where it's quite dry in your room anyway mm-hmm. um, I noticed that as whenever I'm it's obviously really humid in Singapore but in, yeah. in an air conditioned room it changes quite a lot so if you're going to sleep without kind of putting some moisturiser on then it's quite detrimental in the morning for you yeah asking. it's interesting um, but yeah drink water um, sun cream which is probably more do as I say and not as I do um but uh yeah sun cream is probably the most important thing in preventative skincare
1: Mm, there you go nice so I guess um I usually ask um our podcast guests a few more personal questions so kind of moving away from skincare now um but the first one is what is your morning routine if you have one
0: yeah first first thing in the morning is coffee um uh followed by she everyone's first followed, answer. followed by several coffees um <laughs> no i it's
1: bad for your skin no probably is actually it's yeah. quite dehydrated it's quite for bad, bad for your skin
0: um diuretic's terrible Just forget i said that um i i try to get as much sleep as possible so if i haven't slept in um then i i would wake up early have a coffee. Um, in Singapore, I would aim to get to the lab to kind of receive samples or process samples. Um, if not, then sort of working working in an office around Singapore and um, and yeah, and sort of increasing that sort of knowledge on making sure we're up to date with everything in terms of the, the markers and the, and the targets we're looking at in the skin genetics and the skin microbiome. Um, And then obviously with the the great experience of doing the business pitches, getting a (laughs) bit more business experience, um, sort of helping, trying to to improve the business plan and and push forward with with contacts and Mm. and that space as well.
1: Yeah. And um, how was it during lockdown for you, obviously not being able to go to the lab? Uh, Was that quite difficult? It was quite
0: tough. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's not like you can just create a mini lab in your own home. I know.
0: So that's one of the...
1: Was everything just on pause then?
0: Yeah, it was yes. Yeah. So everything in Singapore, everything switched towards COVID testing. So it was yeah. a lot of it was um, kind of repurposing these labs for oh, for wow. testing samples. Yeah. Um, so the Genome Institute of Singapore is involved in that. Okay. Um, we we have some lab space in in GIS, but also in in A Star Central. Mm-hmm. So we um, A Star Central is kind of where the main lab is. Right. Um, and we um, yeah, that was closed. I think for two months so um, so yeah it was it, that was difficult but it also gave us time to refine our software so mm-hmm. we're, we put everything into the app and we're really excited to launch the new app which yeah, has I'm taken a number of months to put together but that whole network of the profiles with the mm-hmm. ingredients and products is something that's quite extensive on the on the back end okay. of this of this app so it took a took a long time but I think we're nearly there
1: yeah exciting okay um next question what is one book that's changed your life
0: um I think it's probably more on the adventure side so um (laughs) I I'm I I love the outdoors um and if I am not in a in the lab I try to be sort of on a on a adventurous trip somewhere fun um and one of my favorite adventurers is a guy called Patrick Le Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Haven't heard of him. And so it was sort of just as the First World War was kicking off, he was sort of going into um, going into Europe uh, via the UK across the, the channel um, okay. from the Hook of Holland. Uh, sorry, from... from um, it would have been probably Suffolk to the Hook of Holland. And then walking across to what was <laughs> at the time Constantinople, which is Istanbul now. Wow! Um, but just really, really adventurous guy. Um, and there's a good biography on on him um, by um, whose name Artemis, um, Artemis Cooper. His name,
1: yeah.
0: Um, who's he's a great kind of adventure writer. But um, yeah, I think I think that's that's probably it's probably my favourite, and it gives you sort of that. Sort of freedom to be uh, if you're if you're working hard to kind of get lost in someone else's Mm. adventures. Yeah, just a form of escapism in a way,
1: which we are very limited to right now <laughs> I know miss traveling you traveling a lot <laughs> you need to
0: live vicariously through some of these old books no so.
1: exactly and, and that's why I, I just love reading because it takes you to like a whole other world and you feel like yeah you're physically there with them interesting okay so just to um, wrap up I've got one final question for you what is one piece of advice you'd give to the future generation or anyone looking to start a business
0: um, I think just, just go out and do it um, Sounds kind of simple, easier said than done, but um, you don't necessarily need incubators and and mm. um, but these are around, and there 's becoming more of them um, so it 's easy to if you 've got an idea to go out and network mm-hmm. and, and find a way to do it, um, and probably more to the science listeners, the scientific kind of mm. um, listeners, um, which n- doesn 't come that naturally to kind of your you know your lab work doesn't necessarily. You don't have these inspirations of business ideas, but just going out and, and meeting people that can help you do that is yeah. really important. Um, so, yeah, especially with COVID going, the, the pandemic for the last you know, seven months, um, sort of just just not waiting around for this uncertainty to, mm. to improve, just going out and doing it.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think the best thing to do is just to get validation, just get people to look at your business plan and poke holes in it you know you don't really want people to to be like yeah this is good you know
0: there's so many people out there that are really willing to to help Mm. i've realized that this whole experience is is a case of finding the right people to get behind you and really push you forward because there are people that just genuinely want you to help your business Mm -hmm. um and that believe in your vision yeah Um, and they don't don't necessarily ask for kind of immediate compensation in Mm, any way they just believe it um, but I think
1: that's what the spirit of entrepreneurship is it is kind of like it's less transactional and people understand like the grind and they understand the struggle in a way so they want to be able to help and lend a helping hand Um, but I guess like for you obviously you've had a background in in science has that been quite hard to develop a network or community of you know other entrepreneurs or people within the space to kind of support you guys
0: i think singapore was a good place to be for that because um yeah during my phd there was lots of competitions you could get involved in there was loads Mm. of um being based in a star um there was a great competition called the young entrepreneurship um young entrepreneurship scheme um which we got involved in uh 2017
1: okay
0: um and it was myself albert and a few others um from a star and you had to be a scientist a phd student or a postdoc um to enter the competition and the idea was just purely business plans so it wasn't anything about the science so they're like come up with an idea come up with what solution you're going to be targeting but you don't need to talk about any of the science so we uh we got involved in that and um and these things are available everywhere. Yeah. And they're popping up all the time especially yeah, in exactly. times right now with diagnostics and therapeutics being so important. Mm-hmm. So um yeah wherever you, wherever you are there's there's going to be something like that you can get involved in. So I think that's
1: been great for us. Yeah, amazing. Oh, what a great way to end this. (laughs) Thanks so much. Um, I just I'm going to wrap this conversation up now and say thank you to Oliver for joining us today um, in the podcast studio. Um, So for those of you listening at home, it's been really great advice. And um, if you want any of the details, you'll be able to find them on the show notes. Um, You can find us on, on Instagram at another startup story and you can find sequential skin at sequential skin
0: sequential skin yeah um, yeah we're changing over the, the website so it's going to change to a new website soon ah. but it's um, otherwise just www.sequentialskin.com yeah and um, you're
1: officially launching next month right
0: yeah we're going to we're going to launch in, in uh, hopefully by the end of the year that's okay it's yeah.
1: exciting no so for anyone who wants to get their skin um diagnosed and to get more accurate data to understand um and read your skin better and get the right products then um yeah definitely check it out thanks so much for being on the show and thank you for having me it <laughs> has <Thanks>. been fun <laughs>